Hello and welcome to the Wheel Sports Podcast. Uh, we're laughing because I'm an idiot. Uh, more on that later. Um, I'm joined today by three wonderful creators from F-Series and I'm going to let them introduce themselves because obviously they'll be able to introduce themselves better than I will. So uh, I'll hand it over to yourselves. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to these wonderful people. <laughs> Hello. So we are F-Series. We are three members out of the five. We are a female content creation group. We've got myself, Kira, Megan here, Ellie and Grace. We create most of what content, whether that's Formula One, Formula E, other series, um, anything like that over Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, making funny videos, making more serious videos, graphics, random tweets and things like that. So anything you need to know about motorsport or anything if you want to laugh about motorsport, we are your girls. <laughs> Perfect. And where can people find you best? Obviously, we'll put links in the description below. Uh, but just to tell the people where they'll find you best, whether it's podcast, social media, that type of thing. Of course. So, yeah, we run primarily on TikTok, Instagram and Twitter. And our handle is at F-Series underscore underscore. So those are the main platforms that you will find us on. Um, so, yeah, at F-Series underscore underscore. This episode is sponsored by Villier Jets. Support us by using the link in the description below to find out just how affordable it could be to fly in style to the next Grand Prix. Perfect. And uh, if anyone's watching this and seeing me laugh, that's because, like I said earlier, I'm a bit of a moron and accidentally the podcast was unrecording. Unrecording? Is that a word? But anyway, it wasn't recording uh, at the start. So we talked for about six minutes without it being recorded. So if I laugh, it's because I've already said something. And I'm saying it again. So just so you're in on the joke with us. So uh, to repeat myself uh, for the first time to you people, um, obviously we are recording this on Saturday before the Alpha Tauri launch. So we're going to just jump into really quickly what the uh, first four launches were, or at least what we thought of them. And um, as I said previously, but I'll say it again because, well, I wasn't recording. Uh, the Red Bull was my least favorite because, well, they launched the same car. It took an hour to do it and then pretended it was the RB19. But what, what was your favorite part of the last four liveries? Yeah, I have to jump in and agree on the Red Bull front. Um, I am a Red Bull fan and I do like the livery. I think it really pops in person, but it took so long to get into the launch and we all knew it was going to be the same car. And then when it was, it was just a real anticlimax. Um, me personally, my favorite livery of the four that we've seen so far is the Alfa Romeo. Um, I love the way that they've changed up the colors. I think it's really sleek and glossy and I love it. Uh, yeah, I think the Alfa Romeo as well, the fact that they actually launched the car, they were the only ones to launch the 2023 car as well. That for me, the only the only uh, blunder of that obviously was the fact that they put it on screen behind them while the presenters yeah. were talking, which was hilarious. <laughs> I didn't watch this, but I saw Chris Medlin tweet about yeah. it and I really, I'm really annoyed I missed it because what on earth are they doing? I feel like we have these blunders every yeah, they just away, away straight away. Someone... <laughs> yeah, we get leaks every year, we get blunders every year, and I think surely there are only so many years where we can learn from 10 different teams what not to do, and people are still doing it. It's really funny. You've got to laugh. They never learn. It was just the same with the Red Bull thing. Sorry, so every, I cut across you there, our Go group, ahead. No, sorry. I was in our group chat. We're thinking, oh, my God, the colours are going <laughs> to be, like, from previous years with, like, Alpha Tauri and, like, the colour scheme there. And we were thinking, right, this is the way it's going to go, like, with Ford. And then, no, it was exactly the same. So, yeah, it's just been... Um, so you are right in saying about the marketing teams saying they do get it wrong sometimes and we think the opposite of what they're going to do and it's the same. So hopefully tonight's one at Alpha Tauri will be a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at least at least Red Bull made sure we we know who the snowboarders and stuff are, which is good. Well, yeah. Um, Listen. You know, cuz that's what we're all looking for as F1 fans. <laughs> Uh, so what did you guys think of the Williams? Um... Um, I think, I mean, the Williams was the same as last year, within effect. Um, there wasn't too many differences on the actual Williams. Um, I was actually late to the Williams launch. I had in my head it's going to be exactly the same as the Red Bull, maybe a little bit less. So I was a couple minutes late. Well, by then the car's out and I'd missed it. So they'd done the completely opposite to Red Bull and they had that car out straight away. But I saw the pictures on Twitter, it looked good. Um, everyone's obviously going on about the Duracell battery at the top, but they did run that last year. So I, I, I love that it's there permanently, but they had run that last year. So I was like, guys, yeah. it was already there. Not that I'm a livery expert, because I'm definitely not, but I do remember it from last year because I loved it. Um, but I think the livery is nice, of course. I don't know whether it was slightly lighter than last year, but I don't know whether that's just the promo pictures were 
in a better lighting than they did last they done quite a dingy kind of set last year but i enjoyed the williams it was nice enough but i think i don't know i want to see some difference. for me there was quite a lot of hype in the intro to the williams launch because of all of the golf uh imagery yeah. and yeah. the lighting they had the lighter blue and the orange lights going on in the background and i was like is it going to be a golf livery like full-on golf colors only for them to give the same livery pretty much as last year but that was one of my favorite liveries of last year because they changed things up um but that that too felt like an anti-climax a little bit because it felt like there was loads of hype around golf only for it to be a tiny little logo on the nose uh i'd love to see an actual golf livery yeah. at some point this year if they run a special one somewhere love that i think that that was the biggest problem for me as well with the williams livery i was just i was so hyped for the golf news and there was like there was the hype around it being golf porsche as well at one point so i think we were all like oh my god what's it gonna be and then when it was the same livery even though the livery is nice and like you said as well it was a it was a quick launch which was good it was just kind of your expectations were here and then it was like, oh, okay, right, that's fine. The good news, though, is we did get back to where we were before this idiot forgot to press record. So that was good. Here we are. Brand yeah. new, brand new information now. <laughs> exactly. We're in unknown territory now. <laughs> um, so I suppose, look, there's not really much to talk about in terms of liveries because, like I said, there's only been four so far and you know, three out of three of the four were just kind of paint jobs as opposed to an actual car. So let's jump into the season ahead. Um, and we'll start, I suppose, with the big three and then kind of work into the midfield. Um, so obviously, look, I think I think most would agree Red Bull are coming into this as the favourites. Um, you know, as a Red Bull fan, I, I obviously want them to succeed, but I'm also hoping that the rest of the teams are a lot closer because it is quite boring when one team is just winning every race. Um so I guess we start maybe with uh, Mercedes instead of Ferrari, because I think Ferrari is the obvious one you expect to catch up. But what do we think of Mercedes? Do we think they're going to be a lot closer this year than they were last year? Or what's it's your expectations? It's really, really unknown, I'll be honest. I mean, I just don't... It's going to be one of those things you're going to have to... And again, I know we've got the classic Mercedes sandbag, Mercedes sandbag, but I don't think they actually do <laughs> in testing. Um, obviously, yeah. we've had that drop of form with them last year, so it's going to be really difficult to know. I literally couldn't look at this and be like, yeah, they're going to get straight back to the top. I'd like to think that they could. I'd like to think that, you know, last year was a blip in a way and they have resolved the issues that they have going into these new regulations. Um, we know Mercedes are a great team. They are always on top of it. They're always working a year ahead or whatever. But obviously, mm -hmm. with that dip last year, it might take a couple more years to get back up but I just really hope they don't go backwards I'd just like to see them in that fight I think you know they were kind of you had the Ferrari and the Red Bull and then there was the gap then there was Mercedes and then and there was a gap and there's another couple of teams I want to see them get back up not necessarily straight back to the top um but just in that fight I think that yeah. would be really good and we like you said we'd have that proper three-way manufacturer fight which would just be so good yeah so <laughs> obviously it was a little bit unexpected for for them last season and I think they were pretty disheartened with what had happened with the car essentially and it not being right to begin with and they tried and tested everything but unfortunately it wasn't there for them but in the end they kind of got it together they had this like some sort of team spirit of obviously Lewis always says on the radio like we're never giving up we'll always keep on fighting and I think that is going to be the motto again because I do think last year they what everyone wanted the cars to all be the same essentially and kind of push up the pecking order and I think this year I think it's going to be even closer so I do agree with Kira if they are somewhere in the fight then it does kind of make it a little bit more exciting and it's just yeah we want other teams to succeed not just obviously the top three i.e Ferrari probably we'll speak about next so yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the the good thing for Mercedes, look, at the end of the day, um, you can never discount that team after the last kind of eight seasons of, of just enormous success. Well, sorry, not last eight seasons, the eight seasons of enormous success up until 2021, uh, which I don't want to talk about because it gets everyone angry. But, um, you know, I don't think you can discount them. The one thing they have going for them, even if the car is a little bit behind, if they can't fully catch up, is obviously they've got an amazing driver lineup there. Um, probably the strongest on the grid, to be honest, in terms of both drivers being kind of, I don't want to say equally matched maybe because we haven't got to see that in the right car yet, but definitely very, very close. One thing I'd like to ask you guys' opinion on before we jump to Ferrari is, do you think there's any worry that 
if, for example, Mercedes and Red Bull are very, very close, one of the worries I'd have for Mercedes is that, as a Checo fan, this as well annoys me, is that Max will be out on his own with Checo just falling into the support role because that's what Red Bull will do. Do you think there's a chance that if that happens, Mercedes could lose out on the Drivers' Championship because Hamilton and Russell would be taking points from one another, if that makes sense? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think they're both... I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I, I think they're going to be very tight. Um, I always said this, you know, I am a very big Lewis fan. I'm a very big George fan, but I was, you know, very much on the George Russell hype train. I said, look, don't just think he's going to come in this Mercedes and go as a second driver role. He's absolutely not going to do that. He's not mm -hmm. that type of driver. I've watched George for many years. He's never been that driver. He never yeah. will be. He's a very respectful man, as we know. He's lovely and polite off track. He's never going to do that on track. But I don't think it's going to take points off each other because I don't think they're going to get in that situation where they are. It may just be you know, a case of, it's probably going to be better for them. I don't think they'll take points off each other. I think in, in any case, like you said, unfortunately with Checo, when he was dropping back away from Max last year in the Rebel, it's just going to detriment Red Bull's con Constructors' Championship. Yeah. Um, I don't really think there's going to be an impact on Mercedes in terms of the Drivers' Championship, um, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I think to yeah. piggyback off that, I think one thing that Mercedes have shown over the years, and even in the times of turmoil in the last couple of seasons, is that they are a well-oiled well machine in terms of a team. They've got yeah. that class and strength of how to handle these situations in terms of team orders and not treating either driver like their first or second. And we saw that in Brazil. You know, They said, yeah. we're going to let you race. Um, whoever, whoever comes out on top wins, essentially. But it's always respectful, and that's, that's something that I really love about Mercedes. And I don't... I, yeah, I think I don't see them falling into that trap that we see so often at Red Bull because there isn't a clear favourite. Yeah. Well, I suppose now there is with Max, which is unfortunate for... Oh, at Red Bull, Checo. definitely. Yeah, but at Mercedes, <laughs> I think it's, it's fairer. It doesn't feel fairer over there. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess they probably learned from 2016 with uh, Ro the Rosberg situation. Yeah, that was yeah. not the one, was it? Oh. No. <laughs> Unfortunate season for, for Hamilton, that as well, because I I don't think that would have ever been as close if it wasn't for all the mechanical failures, which seemed to just pop up on his side. No, um, Malaysia 2016, <laughs> I'll never get out of my head, ever. <laughs> and then we keep talking about going back to Malaysia, I'm thinking, I can't do it. I've got PTSD, I can't do it. Oh, we need to bring that track back, though. It's such <gasps> a good track. I need to get over it first. I need to get over it. <laughs> Um, well, Spain 2016 as well was where it kind of kicked that off was, for the yeah. two of them. <laughs> as a Mercedes fan, happened. that must have been a rough day. <laughs> it, was. it was. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I just, uh, I was wondering, that was one of the things I had wondered myself, just because if Mercedes get up there and have the fastest car, how that will go. But I, I think you're right. I think, one, Toto has learned from 2016. And two, I think there is more respect there than Rosberg and Hamilton had, um, which is a good thing. Um, so I don't know if there's any, is, is there anything else on Mercedes uh, or? Other than I hope they bring back the black livery, even though they're just never going to do it. <laughs> I, think everybody I knew you were going to say that. I don't know. I think, we've, I think we've gone back to silver. I feel like they wouldn't be teasing it and making such a big deal about will they, won't they, if they weren't planning to change something. They did it last year when they changed back to silver. I, I feel like they wouldn't be making a fuss again if they weren't going to... Not the whole thing. I imagine... I, I'm picturing like a, a mix of both in some respects. Like, no one a can decide which... I'll take it. And I would take that, to be fair. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's going to be the same. Like, in a controversial way. No, I think it's going to be the same as the silver. I think it's going to be the same. I think they're going to run it for a few years and then change back to black, have, like, on and off seasons with it. Yeah, I, it, the other thing is, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do some sort of kind of mixture, because uh, there was a couple of things online. Controversial. <laughs> the the other thing I, I would say is I wouldn't. I was thinking myself they might bring it back this year just because I could see Lewis putting a bit of pressure on the team to do it because of um, the FIA trying to bring in the ban on on speech. You know, any political mm -hmm. speech. I could kind of see Lewis being in the background, like, oh, okay. Let's bring back the livery, and I'm going to call him out in a T-shirt for every single race, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I think now that perhaps that's less of a factor because obviously the FIA president has kind of stepped back of his own accord. 
which I don't think anyone believes, but anyway. Okay, yeah, and I, to be honest, I hope Mercedes are back because, honestly, we just we need a title fight. I really couldn't care less who wins the championship, if I'm honest, as long as it's a title fight, uh, because otherwise it's just boring. And that leads me into a team that, unfortunately, their fans are constantly excited at the start of the season and then constantly disappointed by the end, uh, Ferrari. Um, do we think there's a chance they can win this year? And is that chance more than 5%? <laughs> uh, I, I've become a Ferrari fan as of late. Um, I tend to root for whoever the underdog is for the championship. So I rooted for Verstappen in 2021, then Leclerc last year, that kind of thing. Um, I'm a flimsy fan. Yeah, It's fine. Um, you can call me flimsy because I'll call myself flimsy. Um, it's more fun to watch that way. Because then you can just bounce oh, yeah, around. I don't the grid. pin my hopes on anything, but um, if <laughs> I did, it wouldn't be Ferrari. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, their season was so. It started off so strongly last year. I was so excited for them, and I thought they were going to just clean sweep, just absolutely dominate, and then it just all fell apart. Um, I would love to see what um, Vasseur is going to come in and do as team principal. I feel like we're already seeing a shift in how happy the drivers look in terms of like the team photos that they've already posted. The drivers just look a little bit happier, like they're just smiling genuinely. I feel like it's going to really refresh the team. And I would love to see them come back up and be in a title fight with the other two top teams because I feel like they've had a really, really rough few years now. And I'd love to see them come back again. That's me personally. I think everybody would. Everybody's a Ferrari fan. But it's tricky to know whether it's the new yeah. principle, <laughs> right? right? How things are going to go. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think with that, you know, it's Ferrari have just have such pro such so many problems in the behind the scenes. You know, they've got so many problems in terms of you know higher up people within strategy, communications, everything like that. It just doesn't seem to work. And they had a structural change. I want to say three or four years ago now, and it's just got worse. It's not working. Mm -hmm. It's it's not it's not doing what it needs to do, and you know you, we kind of thought with this change and maybe it'll get better. It did just get worse. I think on track, the car works. The car is good. The car has potential, especially like I can't speak on this shit. But everything behind the scenes just made it go so wrong. I mean, I think the drive, apart from Carlos, had a quite a bad bit bad bit of good bad luck. But Charles was. I think Charles. I always say this. Charles is a very good driver. He's very consistent. He doesn't really. I don't feel he makes too many mistakes on track. He's no. great wheel to wheel. Really, really good. But the thing that's letting him down is what's going on behind the scenes. It's who's on the pit wall. It's who's in the garage. It's who's back at the factory in Maranello. So until Ferrari sort that out, which hopefully Vissero is going to do, as Grace said. But is that going to happen straight away? I don't know because we haven't. I mean, I don't know. I haven't been keeping up too closely, but I haven't seen anything that's came out to say you know. Fred Vizzer has made this change, he's made this change, he's done this, he's done this. I feel like until that happens, we might still have the same problem. Hopefully not. I just remember there was just so many times last year you wanted them to do well, both Charles and Carlos. As I'm a Red Bull fan myself, but I thought it would just make the title fight so much more exciting. And then when you hear on the radio, like, they're disagreeing with the team order... And then you've gone from plan A to plan E in a not in thirty seconds is just so far fetched and yeah, hopefully we'll get rid of plan Z and they need to take it definitely just one to three. I think they need to go for baby steps <laughs> and just kind of work out what does work for them and what doesn't. And I'm sure, yeah, they've got everything now in place to be able to do that and obviously they they didn't succeed last year and I think Charles is probably more determined than ever now and obviously with Carlos as well. Yeah, and I I tend to agree as well um with what uh Kira was saying. Um, you know, the the thing about Charles Leclerc is he is a very consistent driver and there's always this talk as well about how, you know, he makes mistakes, but in reality he doesn't actually make that many mistakes. It's just when something goes wrong for him, it seems to go wrong in a big way is the problem, you know. Um, I don't think it's a case of he's making... Like, especially if we if we look at even Max Verstappen up until up until maybe 20... Yeah, up until 2021 in reality, he made a lot more mistakes and a lot more errors than Max... Or than Charles did. Um, yeah, so... I don't know. I think, I, like... The good thing for Ferrari is I think Carlos Sainz is underrated as well. So I think there is a chance that he could be in there in a title fight now that he's kind of gotten used to the car. Um, but then I guess, 
like Red Bull in a way, Charles, Charles is their kind of their number one driver, even if they won't say it. So I think he'll get the support. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's hope for Ferrari fans that that they um, they can fix those strategy issues and maybe not put hard tires on when they see other teams who've put hard tires on going around a second slower. You know, but, uh, oh my God. Oh, ridiculous. <laughs> They're a nightmare. Yeah. So, look, either way, I just hope, regardless of who anyone supports, I at the very least hope we get three teams in a fight this year. That would be amazing, um, especially because there's six solid drivers there. Um, I, I'm going to drink a lot of tequila for Checo. I don't care what they say about him being <laughs> a number two driver. I need him to win a title before he retires. Um, but, yeah, Bloody we'll move on from those three teams, I guess. And uh, next in line is Alpine. Um uh, as a person with a... My, my mother's from Hemel Hempstead. I'm Irish, right? But I, I know the English don't like the French. So we won't stay on Alpine for too long. Um, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What, what do you think of the uh, the driver lineup for Alpine this year, first of all? Love it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I mean, I... Um, Alpine, for me, in the last couple of years, since they kind of changed to Alpine from Renault, it's been a bit... Uh, uh, I think... Listen, I'm, I'll, I'll say it. I'm not the ma- I'm not the biggest Fernando Alonso fan. So, you know, when he came in, I was like, oh, oh, don't know if I like <laughs> this. Um, and obviously, there was Esteban Ocon. They've had French driver and a French team. We've had him for ages. I think he's great. Really enjoy Esteban being there. Obviously, there's always been these rumors the last couple of years. Pierre Gasly's going to go to Alpine. Pierre Gasly's going there. Is he going there? Is he not going there? I, for one, have always wanted Pierre to step away from that Red Bull scheme, just because I yeah. feel like you know he's tried up in Red Bull once. It's not happened. They're not really going to bring him up again, no matter how good he was performing, especially in I think it was 2021, how mm. good he was consistently performing. Um, so I was really, you know, in favour of him stepping away from Red Bull. And finally, that's happened. Obviously, we all know the history between Esteban and Pierre. We're besties, not besties now. But they seem to have kind of rekindled their relationship. But obviously, they, you know, they've done that off the track. On track, we don't know if that's going to be a different story. So it's going to be really one of those th- things where I'm really excited for this, if them two can behave. Because this is either going to be fine or it's going to be really, really, really bad. I don't know which way it's going to go. But I am just excited, nevertheless, to see what they could do. Obviously, Alpine is a good... They're kind of like... They're not an underdog, but they're kind of... They're always there or thereabouts, but they're not spoken about loads. They're always there. I remember when it was Renault back in the day. Nico Hulkenberg was a machine in that car. So, fingers crossed, you know, they can get themselves up there. We can start getting some podiums for these boys and hopefully some wins as well. Yeah, so the, the, the only worry I'd have with those two is... They say there's no bad blood, but when you're cutting each other out of photos, that for me is like, come on, like, <laughs> there's, ob- yeah. there's obviously a problem there. I was going to say, like, they've put so much, or clearly Alpine have put so much effort into publicly making a spectacle of how everything's fine and we're friends again, and even the drivers have to an extent. It, all of that just kind of gets completely undermined when they go and cut each other out pictures. But um, I was going to say that <laughs> Kira put my thoughts about Alpine exactly as I would have. So I don't really have much more to add than her other than I'm really excited. I love both of those drivers. I think they're both so quick. And I think that Alpine is a really good car. I forget that Alpine finished fourth. Um, I was expecting us to move on to McLaren. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it does. I have to remind myself how good that Alpine yeah. is. I know Gasly has got so much potential. I cannot wait to see what he does in that car. I just hope there's not a long... I know, chef's kiss. I hope there's not a long adjustment period for him to get used to it. I think they could be a really, really strong pair. I think they could really make some success. I'm so excited. Yeah. I have only high hopes. (laughs) Yeah, Otmar has got a really big job on his hands to keep him in line and in check week in, week out. And I think he can do it, to be fair. I think he's quite strong-willed character. So I think he can do it. So... Yeah, all hope for Alpine this year. <laughs> it's funny the amount of people I've got who are predicting um, the teammates falling out. I, I run a bingo board each year and I ask people for suggestions. And the <laughs> most comments I've got so far are, the Frenchies are going to fall out, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to put that on there. I don't want to speak it into existence because if I do and it happens, I'll feel responsible. Please, please, we need a good year, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of Monty Python French joke in there. I just can't think of it right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think, look, at the end of the day, they're two very, very good drivers. I think as long as they don't crash into each other. And at the same time, the Alpine was very, like you said, was very, very good last year. If it wasn't, you know, blowing up in smoke or having hydraulic issues, uh, you know. But then again, 
the other thing is, and this is where we segue into McLaren, if McLaren had have had two drivers driving as good as Lando, McLaren would have been clear fourth as well. Of course, Alonso's going to say he had all the bad luck, so you, there's two sides to the argument. But um, let's move on to McLaren, because I think, for me, it's probably the team I'm most excited about this year. Um, because, one, I think, even though they've lost Andrea Seidel now, which... Could be an issue, I think, for next year more than this year. I think the car will have already been developed to a point where they fix some of the issues. The engine reliability wasn't an issue because it's a Mercedes. And realistically, their only big issue, which is unfortunate because I love Daniel Ricciardo, was Daniel Ricciardo not being able to adapt to that car. And I've said recently in a podcast with an Australian <laughs> who uh, me and him went on a long rant about how a lot of the blame is, of course, on McLaren as well but I think the new, younger Australian that they've brought in should be able to adapt a bit better because it's his first year. So let's talk about McLaren. Are, are you excited about the lineup? And my big question for you guys is, do you think Oscar will be close to Lando or do you think Lando will still be miles ahead? I think oh I feel like I could really I'm so excited. I'm very passionate about Oscar. <laughs> Yeah, Kim, I was literally about to no, I was literally about to say exactly the same thing. I when I've always wanted Oscar to do so well from F two, and when he, I was like, right, he needs a seat. And the whole of last season, I was like, he has to be get a seat. This is ridiculous. You can't have this type of talent sat back in Australia just watching all these races and not getting any time, pretty much. And then obviously we found out he got the seat, and I was so excited. And I, th and I think he will be quite on par with Lando. I think he's got a point to prove, essentially, from obviously all the backlash of what happened. And I think he really has got a point to prove that he is good enough to be in the McLaren above Danny Rick, essentially. Oh, my gosh. I absolutely agree. I think, you know, it's quite unfortunate for Oscar to come into F1 at this stage because, obviously... I think we can all kind of look at how McLaren handled the situation and we can say it was their fault with, you know, Daniel in, Oscar, Os no, Daniel out, Oscar in. But obviously a lot of people are naturally just going to look at Oscar and go, you took Daniel's seat, which obviously it's not how it works. But, you know, I've followed Oscar since his Euro Cup days. He is somebody that is very, very quick to adapt. So he's won Euro Cup, he's gone into F3, he's won F3, he's gone into F2, he's won F2. You know, he's very quick in, very quick out. And those drivers are very, very talented. It's like George Russell, Charles Leclerc, you know, they're going up into the big stages of F1. Um, I'm really, really excited for Oscar. I don't think he's going to have any problems, unless, of course, it is a similar situation too. Obviously, once Daniel left Red Bull, I think when he went to Renault and then when he went to McLaren, the car kind of style, I think we know Red Bull as this different style car. And maybe because he was used to that, he couldn't really adapt to these newer cars or these different kind of style cars. So, but I don't think that's going to happen with Oscar because, you know, he's gone, the, the, the differences between a Euro Cup car and a F3 car, F2 car, they're all so different, you know. I don't think he's going to have a problem at all. I'm a massive Oscar Piastri fan. I am behind him. Um, and I think he will be very close to Lando. And I think that will really, that's what McLaren need, you know. They need somebody that's going to, like you said, Lando really held that team together last year, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I feel really bad talking bad about Daniel, I'm sorry. <laughs> but Daniel really let the team down. And I think if you get somebody on par with Oscar, like McLaren will be up there challenging, I think, with the top three teams, absolutely. I have a slightly, not opposing, but a slightly different perspective to give because I've not really followed Oscar Piastri. I've obviously known his name because he's been top of the leagues for next in line for an F1 seat for like three years or however long it's been. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been assuming that he will inherit a seat at some point. Um, I'm a massive Daniel Ricciardo fan, and the way that McLaren handled the situation really has left a bad taste in my mouth, particularly. But I can also recognise that he wasn't performing up to par with Lando and up to par with what the team needed. I think if it wasn't such a public spectacle, they could have handled it behind closed doors with a bit more grace. Um, but yeah, I, I am going into this season for McLaren with a, with an open mind, right? Because they've clearly made this decision with such public speculation around it for a reason. They obviously have some faith in Oscar and you've got to give some credit to that. So I feel like we're going to see some good things from him. And if we don't, then it's going to be drama on Twitter every single day. Um, and that's that's going to be painful, <laughs> painful to watch. I would like to see Oscar do well because I wouldn't, not, I wouldn't like it to all be for nothing. Um, and everything I've heard about Oscar has been positive, right? Um, 
the one thing that sticks in my mind is the amount of pressure, right? With, with the whole situation of how it was handled, it's all eyes on Oscar. Um, and it's just about whether, whether or not he can handle that pressure. I can't personally say, and I guess time will tell. We'll see. Yeah, and I, I think it's um I think the good thing for Oscar for me from my point of view is it's it's kind of win win for him because realistically as long as he's closer to uh, to Lando than Daniel is that's a solid job from him and if he's even on par with Daniel then it kind of shows guys there's something not right with this car here um, and if he's up there with Lando then obviously that's massive for for Piastri um, because. For me, I think Lando is an underrated driver, and I say that as a driver who Lando is incredibly like rated incredibly highly, because I think if you put Lando in the same car as Leclerc or Russell or Verstappen, I think he's up there with them. I really do. I think he's that good, and I think the McLaren is just not allowing him to show that. So I think the good news for Piastri is I expect him to be closer to, to Norris. If he's faster than Norris he's going to be offered contracts by every team down the grid for years to come. Uh, I don't expect him to come in and be faster than Norris, but I think if he's even closer to Norris than Ricardo was, I think that's a, a win for him, you know, at the end of the so. day. <laughs> yeah. Can't get much further back, can you? <laughs> no, and I do feel for Daniel Ricardo Sorry, as well. Because, you know what, as I said in the last podcast with uh, James from, it was an Australian guy, he's from uh, Lakeside Drive, they, they run podcasts there. We were talking about this, and it is a fact of he, he didn't just go from Renault, where he got podiums in a car that realistically didn't deserve to be there, to just being a crap driver overnight. So there's definitely something with that McLaren that Lando and, and Carlos Sainz were able to adapt to that Ricardo just couldn't. So I do feel bad for him, because I don't think he's just lost his talent. But yeah, he, he was unfortunately far too far back. Um, it happens. Yeah. It does happen, like yeah, and he, he'll know it best, right? Because he'll have seen it happen to everyone around him for as long as he's been on the grid. It does happen. Vettel, yeah, yeah, you know, we saw Vettel in in twenty fourteen, literally his teammate, who was world champion, and then just couldn't adapt to the the twenty fourteen um, Red Bull. It does happen, I suppose. Yeah. Um, is there much more to say on McLaren other than I, I just hope to God they have a a good year with those two drivers? But very very exciting. For me, like I said, most exciting uh, team for me that I want to see. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's about, about all of it covered, really. I think just the main thing is, obviously, seeing what Oscar can do next to, next to Lando Norris. All right, so we moved in. Uh, is it Alfa Romeo next? It is, isn't it? I'm trying to think. Aston and Alfa were, were level on points, I think. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, that, that year is long gone out of my window. I have no idea. Well, you know what? We'll we've, we've kind of talked about <laughs> Alfa for a minute. We've talked about Alpha for a minute with the launch. So let's talk about Alpha afterwards because after Aston Martin, I feel like there's not a huge amount on the grid to talk about. We'll go through them, but there's not a massive amount. Um, so let's talk about Aston Martin for two reasons. One, one of you, I think, said you weren't a huge fan of Fernando Alonso, and I really dislike uh, Lance Stroll. So I think this could be fun. So. Oh, great team. <laughs> so uh, what do you think of the driver lineup first? We'll start there like we did. The other teams. Um, I mean, listen. <laughs> we know that one side of Aston Martin is never going to change in Lance Stroll. You know that he his dad his dad's owns it. He's never going to change. I I like Lance Stroll. Um, I think you know he's been around so long. Yeah, he's still so young. He's been here for so many years. Um, I think it's nice that Aston Martin can have just you know a driver there that seems to never age, um, <laughs> to always be on their side, and to hopefully you know have that there. I mean, Fernando Alonso. I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. I. I Sometimes I feel like he just creates the drama that isn't necessary. He loves um, drama. He'll make comments. He loves the drama. Yeah. I don't know if Lance is that bothered. I think Lance will just feel like, I'm not interested in it. Like Lance is very much a cool, laid-back guy. I don't think he wants to join in on the drama, so I don't know. It could be completely different. He could have a really nice ride there. I mean, Aston Martin, I'll be honest, isn't, isn't a team that I'm looking at really, really excited by, I think. You know, they really fell off last year. They're trying to build this back up with all the money that's going in. They're hoping in, you know, they have like a five-year time span of getting up there. But I don't actually know whether they're actually going to get themselves back up there or not because it seems to be going backwards more than forwards. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but again, it's not it's not really a team I'm, I'm like looking at thinking, oh, I can't wait to see what Aston do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm a little bit jarred by the lineup. Um 
I don't think I understand why Alonso decided to move to Aston Martin. In terms of, it must have been things must have been really bad at Alpine, right? Money. It, yeah, money, money fine, money, money. but how how, <laughs> how, how long is that going to last yeah. you when you're in a much worse car? <laughs> I, I don't. Unless they pull a, a magic car out the bag, he, you know, for the championship would have been better off at, uh, at Alpine. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't see I don't see cute videos of Lance and Fernando doing media stuff together. You know, I don't see them playing <laughs> Jenga or doing like a hot chili challenge. Like it's it's a very strange lineup for me. I don't think I'm the biggest Alonso fan personally, but I do like Lance Stroll. I, I think but like Kira said, I think they've got quite different personalities, um, mm -hmm. different backgrounds. So I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really have much more to add than that. They, I am the most excited about this livery out of everyone. So I'm a big mm -hmm. Aston Martin car fan anyway, so I was so excited when they got back into F1. And then when the car appeared, I was like, this is the most amazing car I've ever seen. Then all of a sudden, my hopes and dreams for them just slowly melted away <laughs> as time went on. And then obviously this season, I'm just, I was just really confused. The same as Grace really, like really confused to why he would go there. I'm sure he might have received an offer from potentially another team or I'm I'm sure he probably did. I just found it to be within like a 24 hour period and it just came out of nowhere quite <laughs> strange. But I'm hoping on Monday this car again will change my mind and my hopes and dreams won't be shattered this this year for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think for Thanks, me, the, the thing is, Lance Stroll is not that I don't like Lance Stroll, right? And he's an incredible driver when he has his peaks. The problem is those peaks for me just don't come that often. You know, so when he has a good day, he has a really good day. But otherwise, he's kind of meh. And the biggest issue I have with him is I think they've brought in the larger mirrors this year just for him because he doesn't know how to use mirrors, obviously. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> one thing I dislike about Lance Stroll. Um... <laughs> But yeah, uh, Alonso is one of those. To be honest, I think both of them are a love-hate because everyone I talk to either loves Lance Stroll or can't stand him. No one seems to be in the middle. For me, the biggest reason I dislike Lance Stroll, just to get this out there, because I've, I've said I dislike Lance Stroll a lot and I always get comments about it. It's honestly just because whenever he's in a press conference, it sounds like he's just reading off a script that they've handed to him. He never seems to be like having banter yeah. with he the other He does it better drivers. than Lawrence, though. Uh, it, that, that's true. Oh, he, God, he's just, yeah. I hope the Lawrence just a giant get it robot. right this year because last year's Lawrence was, I don't know, felt like a robot. Um, <laughs> I think we've just defined yeah. that Aston Martin are the Marmite team and we should coin the term Aston Marmite. <laughs> that's oh, Aston Marmite. That's, oh. you've I'll, got you, I'll, I'll get my designer to do up a design this week and we'll share the profits oh, or something. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Alonso as well, you're right, because Alonso is a love-hate figure too. You either absolutely love Alonso or you can't stand him. And I understand why people don't like him, because he does just, he feeds off the drama. And I do kind of think the main two reasons he left for Aston are, one, money, because I reckon he got handed a boatload of it. And two, I think maybe just because he was like, oh, I can stir up some, some chaos with Oscar. And um, All right, so... Alfa Romeo, we'll, we'll just, I think we'll quickly go through the last few teams. Any excitement about Alfa Romeo, or do you think this will be a transition year for them as they move to Audi? I hope, I hope so. I hope, I hope they do something. I mean, it's exciting to see Gwen Yujo coming into F1. It's nice that Valtteri Bottas hopefully settles, settles in that team. He looks like the, the leader properly of that team. So, I mean, the car's always lovely. I always love that Alfa Romeo... You know, whether they've got the white accents or the black accents that this year, obviously they've got the new stake sponsorship in their title sponsor. So it looks lovely and I really hope that they have just have a good year. You know, obviously they normally are towards the back of the grid, you know, kind of with Williams, maybe a little bit higher up, you know, obviously with latter years with Aston Martin. So I hope that they can improve and I hope that maybe they can get up there and fight with the other teams. But like, I don't really know too much about their progress of this year. And like, I think it's such a difficult thing to say until you literally get to that first race. You know, even pre-season testing, you can't really comment on it because it can always change. So yeah, not too much excitement, but you know, I like to see them do well. They've become a bit of a, um, a, a personal favorite for me, the team, because I just love the driver lineup. 
as people. I just love them okay. both. They're both so wholesome. They're both <laughs> like they just give off really good energy, especially together. And mm. like Kira said, I love to see them do well. And that's pretty much all I'm after this year from Alfa Romeo. That's it. The funniest thing I've heard this year as well is obviously Valtteri Bottas's look has been incredible. I know that's nothing to do with the car, but like oh apparently, gosh, yeah. according to the uh, the guest in the last podcast, he's become like Australia's favorite driver because one because of his his girlfriend Tiffany Cromwell, and two because he's sporting a mullet, which I didn't know is apparently yeah. an Australian themed look. Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. I didn't really put two two together like that. He does really look like he it's could big. be... He looks like he could yeah. be Australian. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What I if didn't the Australians all completely go against Oscar? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so, apparently, they're all rooting for, for Valtteri over there. <laughs> mm. Oh, my God. He'll be like, why are there all these Australian flags? And Oscar will think it's for him, but it's not. It's for Valtteri. <laughs> <laughs> mullet man yeah <laughs> um yeah of of the last few teams then we've got uh we've got Haas obviously which I really hope Haas do better this year um and don't tail off over half of the season I I'm both happy for Haas but annoyed at Haas as well because I loved Mick Schumacher but I also enjoy that you know Hulkenberg's back oh, I, I don't know about uh, it really how do you feel about the driver lineup do you think that'll be chaos yeah I love Mick and there was nothing more than I wanted to see Mick in the same seat just, just doing his things and hopefully one day he'd move up the pecking order so my vision for Mick was to do really well in the Haas then go to Alfa Romeo then one day end up at Ferrari and I think everyone thought the same and then obviously, unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. And yeah, and I thought it was a bit odd to get the Hulk back. But he is obviously an amazing driver. But I think they they should have give I think, another driver the opportunity to have a go at least and see if they could outperform Mick or along them lines. Because, you know, like he's Hulkenberg's going to do so well anyway. So I think they they are wanting to just get points. I think it's going to be a points game for them. Mm, yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, speaking on the Mick point, obviously, I actually do genuinely think that the plan when he was at Ferrari was, you know, Ferrari then, you know, obviously Sebastian left. They had Carlos. They didn't give Carlos a big contract. You know, they gave mm. him one or two years. You know, they were doing that. So Mick had a couple of years in the house. And he just went straight to Ferrari. I think that's what they expected to do. Kind of similar to how they'd done with Charles, but obviously he was in the Sauber at the time, went up to Ferrari. I think they thought that was going to be able to happen again. Obviously, it didn't come to fruition. And Mick has gone back to Mercedes now, which is really exciting. I think that's a nicer place for him. But I know, I think Hass are just one of those weird teams. You know, I mean, they had Kevin Magnussen and Roman Grosjean for so many years. They don't seem to be like one of those teams that are trying to bring up juniors. And they have a very weird kind of, not junior drivers, but, you know, they had Louis Delachaz for a bit. And then they had... They've Petro Fittipaldi. They're just they're just a peculiar team, if you will. But I I like Hulkenberg. When he first left the sport, I was like, he needs to get back in ASAP. I need Hulkenberg back. But obviously, as the years have progressed and as more juniors have came up, I think I've realised there wasn't really quite the space for him. Obviously, he stepped in over COVID for a couple of times for um, a lot of the racing point box guys. But I don't know. I mean, I'm happy that he's back. But you know, I think we all know the suck my balls honey line you know from kevin <laughs> and hulk so whether it would happen again i don't know i think they might have hopefully we can we can and sort out the differences but they didn't like each other for a good couple of years it wasn't just that inst isolated incident you know it was a big thing so they're not cutting I'd each like other out photos could be worse well they aren't kind of there to be fair but are they are they even in the same room as each other in the first place that's, that's true thing. that's true but do you know what they should hopefully both be mature enough now to race well together. I'm excited that Hulk is back and yeah, I hope that Haas can do some good. But again, I don't know what the car's gonna be like or anything. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're two strong personalities as we've seen. We've seen them clash heads spectacularly and it's been great. Uh I think one thing with Haas that we have seen is when they've tried to bring rookies in, it's gone absolutely terribly. And I can't blame them for wanting to go back to the I don't want to say more reliable drivers, but the drivers they know um, or the drivers they've had before. Yeah. I think it's safer than... Because, you know, when they brought in Mazepin and Schumacher together, that first year was tumultuous at best. Um, mm -hmm. I think having Mick against Kevin I, last year probably just showed that 
they clearly think they're better off with older drivers, veterans. Uh, I'm interested to see whether they will clash heads again or if things will run smoothly. But I think I'm more excited for Haas to do better this year than I've ever seen them do. I think with the lineup we've currently got, as much as I love Mick and everybody loves Mick, um, Nazapin we won't talk about, uh, but I love Mick. Uh, we can cut that if you want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. As much as everybody loves Mick, um, yeah, I, I'm. I, I feel like this is the year they're probably going to do bits, if any. In my humble opinion. Yeah, and I think I speak for everyone when I say that Mazepin is obviously all of our favourite drivers, right? Oh, anyway, yeah. uh, moving. Picture of him in my <laughs> have you? <laughs> I have a statue of him in my shrine. <laughs> Um, oh, you beat me there. Yeah, but it's actually for bad luck, not good luck. It's it's great. Uh, <laughs> whenever I want things to go horribly wrong and spin out of control, I just rub Mazepin's face. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> that's a good tactic. Real. I have to get one. Oh, oh I'm glad he's gone. Oh, me um, too. Good riddance. See you later. He was just like I don't want to. I don't want to beat the guy down, but. Actually, I do. But anyway, like it just—he was from before he even got on the grid. He was problematic, so I'm I'm glad he's gone. Um, yeah, he was and he was a terrible driver as well. So it's not like we're missing anything. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, too, he was not the one. I just want to quickly talk about Alpha Tauri, uh, and then we have, have Williams, and then we're done. We've gone through the whole grid. But uh, Alpha Tauri. <sighs> I th- I fear it might be a last year for Yuki unless he really performs well this year. Um, what are your thoughts on Yuki sticking around? And also, do you think Nick DeVries will be, uh, you know, a solid addition to the team, or do you think he'll be here for a year and gone again? <laughs> Listen, I feel like I say this about every driver. I am a big Nick DeVries fan, okay? <laughs> I really love this man. And I know I feel like I've said that for every driver of the grid. But honestly, he's like one of my faves. I think Nick's amazing. I mean, he's, you know, slightly older than, you know, he's not a, he's not a young driver coming in. He's literally not. I think he must be like 27, 28. He's, he's older now. As much as he's about five foot two, you know, he is an older driver. Um, they have got a very short team, actually, Alpha Tower. I haven't really thought about that. It's going to be, it's probably made the, the car a little bit lighter because like it's not as long. Oh, listen, that repping it. You need to get some off Tarry merch then. Um, but no, I think I think Red Bull over the last couple of years have been more lenient. I think you came in at a good time because I think there was a switch in Red Bull a couple of years ago when they thought, Do you know what, we're going to give drivers some more time. Yeah. You know, they weren't in and out like Alex and Pierre. And, you know, they actually thought, let's just hold this for a couple of years. Um, I think Yuki didn't have a great year last year. I think obviously being compared to Pierre Gasly isn't the easiest again. One of my faves. Um, so it's very difficult for Yuki, but I think he'll have a good time against Nick. But if I'm being honest, Nick is a very fast driver. Um, mm. Obviously, F2 champion, um, Formula E world champion as well. He Anything he goes to, he adapts to very well. He's very speedy, very quick. I've been waiting for this time for him to be an F1. It's like I've been sitting here waiting for Oscar and Nick yeah. to get an F1, and then they both have it at the same year. It's great. <laughs> so I I think it'd be good. I mean, I love Alpha Tauri. I think it's a nice team. As much as it has that affiliate to Red Bull, it doesn't feel too Red Bull-esque, especially since they stepped away from the Toro Rosso. It doesn't really feel much like Red Bull. It's sleek. It's nice. It's a nice team. I enjoy watching them. So I don't know. I think in terms of Yuki, I think... It could be a sense that they could swap somebody out. We've got a lot of Red Bull juniors that probably would step up. And, you know, Dennis Hauger's ready, mm-hmm. which is one of the big things. Um, so it could be something that, you know, it could be that he does step away. But you never know. He could pick himself back up. Yuki is a quick driver. He's quick to learn. Similarly yeah. to the other drivers, you know, he's going up F3, F2, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's quick. But it's not quite worked out yet in F1, but we'll have to see. I'm really yeah. interested by the driver dynamic and to see how that plays out this year because... Obviously, Yuki is now the more experienced, more senior driver of the team, but we've seen that he's quite fiery, um, and he's obviously <laughs> had some work in the last couple of years to work on his temper and his concentration and all that kind of thing. I find my impression of Nick DeVries, because again, I've, I've not followed so much of the junior se- series until recently, um, but my impression of Nick DeVries is that he is calm, confident, collected, and just that, that solid support... <laughs> That, that Yuki maybe needs to help balance him out, but not from somebody more senior than him. I, I, f- I find that dynamic yeah. can be really interesting. Do you know what I mean? He's the rookie, but I feel like he's mm-hmm. going to be the more grounded of the two uh, emotionally, I suppose. Um, on track, I, I don't know. 
I think it will depend on how well Nick DeVries does this year. Yeah, um, I think Nick will, will um, out Yuki's face beat him in like every there are other single race. I know it's Yuki's <laughs> such a likable yeah. and adorable character, and everybody absolutely loves him. But yeah, I think this is the make or break for him because I think Nick will just get a front head straight on, and then that's it, game over. But you never know with um, AlphaTauri because what has they've given him two seasons already. So yeah, I think the third is the the one for him. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, like Yuki, I was really excited for coming in because he was kind of like that. Um, I don't want to, maybe Max Verstappen's a bad comparison, but just in terms of raw talent and speed, he is incredibly fast, but just binded in the wall too much. And I was kind of like, mm, maybe this will be a kind of Max Verstappen thing where he comes in, he's a bit of a mess for a couple of seasons, and then, you know, kind of all of a sudden it's like, whoa, Yuki's fast, but it just hasn't. Yeah, but it just hasn't happened, had it? has it, you know? The one good thing for that team, though, is, like you said, shortest team on the grid, which means the team can obviously build the car better because I've heard that is an actual thing with these cars. If they can have shorter drivers, they can improve stuff, which is weird to me because I think they have to be a certain length anyway, but you yeah, know, not they have an to engineer. be a certain weight, so driver weights don't really matter because they have to put ballast in the cockpit to balance mm -hmm. out and bring them all up to a level. But I, I think it helps, them. not that they're shorter, but I think... I think it's when you've got a really tall driver, that's a problem. But if they're, you know, normal five foot nine or something like that, or, you know, that's kind of, I think the problem is when they're taller rather than when they're shorter. So I don't know. I know that all the, when yeah, they're maybe. getting all yeah. these tall drivers in, like, I remember when S-Bahn came in and they were like, oh my and God. And when George he hopped in the Merc that one time <laughs> and his feet were too big. They oh my fit. God. Yeah. I feel so bad for him. It must have been so uncomfortable. Yeah, what a weird, that was such a weird issue. I remember hearing about that when they were like talking about it in the commentary. I was like, what a strange issue. This man has come in with feet that are too small. big. It's like, what? what? Yeah. That's so, crazy. So uh, we've, we've one more driver lineup to talk about. Um, and that is, of course, Williams, who unfortunately for Williams are at the back you know, once again last year. But uh, they got rid of Latifi, which is kind of sad because, you know, he was an ambassador for Nutella. Um, Albon, uh, Albon obviously is their experienced driver. What do we think of Albon and Logan together? I don't know if I have much more to say on it. But yeah, what do you think of Albon and, and Logan as a lineup? It's an interesting lineup, isn't it? I think, you know, obviously Logan Sargent, I think, has... I think he has a bit of money behind him. I think you can kind of tell, you know, he's not like he's a bad driver at all. He's a good driver, but he, you know, he wasn't a standout performer in F2 last year. He was kind of, you know, one of one of the good ones in a way. It's better than, you know, when they pick up someone that's like running 18th. So I'm excited to see what he does, but I, find, I kind of feel like Logan might be <laughs> mediocre. Obviously, Alex is the more experienced one of that team now. And he seems quite settled in there. Also, just a shout out to Alex Albon's bleach blonde hair is gorgeous. <laughs> can I add? I hope he keeps that. Um... But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Williams. Williams are one of my favourite teams. They're so good. They're so lovely. They're just Williams just has this family feel around them. They are so nice. Um, I just hope I just hope that it goes well for them. I hope that they can pick themselves up. Obviously, every year we say, hopefully Williams is a little bit better. Hopefully Williams do a little bit better. And compared to the George Russell, Robert Kubica years, you know, that it, they are doing better. You know, they're not getting lapped and lapped and lapped. So hopefully they're just going to carry on that momentum and then they can be in the fights with the Alphas and with the Aston Martins and all the A's, if you will. And hopefully they'll, they'll get up there. Yeah, I think getting rid of Latifi, <laughs> as, as harsh as it sounds, was the key. Mm. I, sorry, I don't, sorry. yeah, sorry, sorry, Nick, <laughs> we love you, but, you know, it was time to go. And I, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what Logan can do, but I feel like it's going to be better. So they put themselves in good stead to hopefully be a bit more competitive this year. And we would love to see it, because like Kira said, that lovely family, like everyone loves to see Williams do well. They're a wholesome team. They're a yeah. nice team. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, well, that's all the 10 teams. Um... So the last thing I just want to ask is just a quick uh, prediction from each of you. The crazier, the better for this season. Um, and I love doing this because most of the time people haven't got one in their head, so you have to kind of come up with one. So your prediction for this season. You're not going to like right, mine. I'm going to carry on with Sorry, my... Go on. Oh, no, go on. You're not going <laughs> to like mine as a Perez fan, but I think we're going to see a turning oh, point with Perez. No more Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Good good Old Second Driver helping you cross the line. It's every man for himself now. And I feel like there, there, is, there are going to be tensions at Red Bull and Checo's not going to give up the fight. Uh, 
So I don't know how that's going to culminate, but I can just see I, it happening. I, I, I hope that happens, because as a, a guy living in Mexico, I've seen angry Mexican people, and they're scary. So I hope it happens. <laughs> That would Whether it's good, good or bad, I mean, I hope like, that it, it might it might be that they end up coming together on track and causing a massive accident, or it could be like a villain arc where he comes back and clinches some wins. Who knows? But I, I, I'm interested by Perez. <laughs> Maybe he just drives faster. Mm. Oh. Who knows? Maybe he just that was I a mean, real that was a real dig the knife in moment there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just drives faster. That'd be nice. <laughs> Savage. You'll be fine. <laughs> Oh, I don't really have like a mad crazy prediction, but I want to see some like real on fight, like proper dirt talking on track fighting between the top three teams. Like it was probably with like the season of Max and Lewis. I want another version of that with somebody else, not obviously with them two, but with somebody else on track whether that be Pierre and Esteban who knows but hopefully not on the same team so I'm gonna say maybe a Carlos and I don't know maybe I don't know like an Oscar someone random like that maybe George yeah could even be some random so that random. Really random I know I just don't uh... want it to be the same <laughs> Yeah. I would not want to relive 2021 again in 2023. That would be very, very scary. Um, I would probably say Oscar Piastri to outscore Lando Norris. Um, I, when I have a good driver that I like, I will just run with it. Uh, <laughs> probably too fast, in a way. I'll run off the cliff. But do you know what? I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going to say Oscar Piastri to outscore Lando Norris. I think he's going to be very close to him. And I think, do you know what? If he grabs the ball by his horns... Wow, I think that's mega, Kira. I know. Arrest that's me. the first me. I've heard of this, Kira. Fine, but like yeah. that, that would be crazy in his rookie season. Damn. Come on, Oscar. Then let's see what you can do. It's because I'm like one of the only Oscar Piastri fans. <laughs> that's why. Thank God, Jess. You said that. Jess is the biggest Norris fan there is. Don't oh, tell her. Yeah. Good job she's on holiday. Good job she's on holiday. I can't contact her. She, can't she won't know till this podcast wow. goes out. <laughs> oh, she'll know then the next day or two when it goes on Spotify. <laughs> she will. Um, so I'm going to follow my trend of predictions that are absolutely never going to come true so that if they do, they're hilarious. For example, last week I said Nick DeVries, world champion. Um, and I'm... I'm going to say that Alpine win the title this year because it's never going to happen. <laughs> Listen, if it does, you'll have to get an Alpine tattoo. I, I wouldn't be against <laughs> it. I've gotten really stupid tattoos before. I got one in university on literally on a bet. So. Do you have any F1 tattoos? Uh, yeah. Well, listen, we'll come Not back yet. to you in November. We'll see. Well, I think maybe next year is, <laughs> but the, yeah. is the start of something beautiful, an Alpine tattoo. Well. What I'll do is I'll get Oscar. I'll get the photo of uh, Ocon and Pierre with a cut down the middle on each side, cutting both of them out. It'd be perfect. <laughs> All the way down um, your back, like photo. giant portrait. Yeah, like oh, yeah. massive, Huge. massive. Oh, yeah. yeah, the wife definitely won't leave me for that one. Um, Never. I mean, I mean, it's already on ten. <laughs> She's already annoyed. I, I shaved my head, you know. Like, no one makes things any worse. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining. Honestly, it's been great. And, um, you know, it's been nice just having different guests on. And there's been a good bit of banter here, a bit of a laugh. And we've got some predictions now that, you know, mine definitely won't come true, but we'll see about the rest. Um, once again, just uh, if you guys just want to tell any or tell everyone anything, uh, if there's anything you've got coming up. Sorry, I got word salad there for a minute. If you want to tell anyone uh, anything you've got coming up or anything you want to announce um, or or maybe just to go to the socials and follow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, go and check out our socials at F-Series underscore underscore. Um, we have got one exciting thing that one of us is doing next week. Something to do with a, with a certain Formula One team. Mm -hmm. So that should be exciting. So check out our socials and you'll see more about that. Um, we're doing posts every single day. We're doing a lot of reviews on the car launches. Once all of them are out, we'll be doing like a tier list to get together. So... That's kind of the build-up of our content this year. And obviously, as the season starts, we'll have so much more for you guys. So if you're looking for a little bit of spark to your to your F1 news, then we are here at F3 underscore underscore. 
Amazing. Okay. So thanks everyone for watching. Really appreciate it. And like I said, please, please, please do go and follow these guys. That's the whole point of this creator series is, you know, for all of us lovely F1 creators to come together and share the love around. So I really appreciate it. And if you've listened to this point and listened to my nonsense to this point, I appreciate that too. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you.